Welcome back to the Value Adds Value podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger, and I am here with my co-host and co-founder, Wilkie V. Law III. We want to thank you for taking time to listen and share your stories with us. We appreciate you, whether you're listening on SoundCloud, on YouTube, on iHeartRadio, or on iTunes. We are a podcast for educators created from a six-year conversation between us, two educators from different backgrounds and journeys that discovered that the true value in education is in the connections that teachers make with their students and the relationships that develop from that connection. The purpose of our podcast is to provide educators a platform to share their voices with others, make those connections, and to return value to the classroom experience and the teaching craft. Above all, we believe that when you add value to yourself, you add value to others. So welcome to Value Adds Value. Welcome, everybody, one and all, to Episode 7 of Season 2 of the Value Adds Value Podcast. My name is Kyle Krieger. We are thrilled to be here with you today, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio or Podbean or Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to now, because we're on about 10 different platforms. But as always and appreciatively, I'm with my guy, WV Law III. What's good, my brother? Man, what's good? What's good, man? Excited to be here. Excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after a crazy couple of weeks where we actually saw each other in person, but I don't know that we actually had more than about 15 minutes during the times that we sat down to eat together to really <laughs> to really wrap. Um, we're back in October as a part of season two is the importance of being a reflective practitioner, and we are uh, we're pretty excited for our guests this month. We've got a couple good ones um, that we're we're thrilled to have. But we figured if we're talking about the importance and the power of f- reflection, we should start with ourselves. And and I think this episode is more of a chance for us to reflect on where we're both at. Um, mm-hmm. We were just talking a second ago. I'm six weeks in. Uh, you're eight weeks in. So so let's just you know, start with some basic thoughts on, on the year. Uh, I'm really interested because you and I have talked a ton, but share with our listeners the difference between your school year one versus year two, because I think it's, the difference is pretty stark. Oh man, it is. I hate to use the cliche night and day, but that's probably about where it is. And not just because, you know, every year is different because of the student body that we get in. Um, you know, th- those are going to bring different challenges and different, you know, ways to deal with them. But I think more so from a team aspect, uh, we've, we've began to really put the culture together. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I believe last year was not so, it was so much of, Let's get to know each other. Let's see your strengths. Let's see how you rock it. Let's see how you do this. And this year is more like building those collectives and those coalitions uh, that that really begin to drive the culture. Um, you know, I, I joked with them uh, yesterday in our in our DSD and said we won't know the full effect of of Jones Middle School's culture until year three. Mm-hmm. Because those would be, that would be the first time that we'll have uh, 
our our eighth graders will be the kids who started out with us. Uh, you know, they started their middle school experience with us. So they'll have three years of Jones, you know, data behaviorally, academically, and, and as it relates to their affect. Um, so I think we, we man, you know, like I said, I sit and think about it and I watch teachers and, you know, we have discussions all the time in the hallway and transitions at lunch. And there is a big difference, man. Like, there's still the separation between the grade levels, you know, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. You don't see them too often. It was great yesterday to be able to come together uh, for our district staff development on campus. So we were with our entire team. So that was kind of great to do. But I can say as a pod, you know, our sixth grade pod, we're much better um, engaged in, 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 and more conscious of the, of the culture, creating a culture that's going to be conducive for all students and for all teachers, you know, and the expectation in the bar was set pretty high. And I think we've, we're, we're not there yet. <laughs> you know, that's why I tell my kids that we're not there yet. But I can definitely say we're on the right path. We're we're doing better than we're doing worse. How how big is your total staff? Uh, ninety, if you include Paris uh, and um, support staff, you're probably looking at about ninety three, ninety four. See, that's crazy. Like with our, you know, sped and support staff, like our six to eight is only like. 25 wow so like we can and and the reason i bring this up uh and for those that haven't listened to the podcast recently um or or don't exactly know my story i'm back in the classroom after a year off um after a a year off and a kind of rough year the year before that um to give you some kind of context and framework but i'm i'm at a charter school in the twin cities uh, and our six to eight only has one teacher at each grade level per per content area. So I'm the only eighth grade social studies teacher. So there's like 12 of us there. And then there's the specials, which is like another four or five. And then we have our SPED team, which is like six, five, six, seven. And then, so it's maybe more like 30. But, you know, on a regular, I see almost everyone that I work with on, in our middle school program daily. Like I have interactions with them. I say hi to them, you know? So I think that part is really, really important. But I mean, for me, what struck me and what you said is I'm coming into a a charter school that's on its like 16th or 17th year. Mm -hmm. And the majority of our kids have been in the program since K Mm -hmm. and I teach eight. So our culture is so rock solid from, Mm the from the founder to the principals to the team leads and it's just man it it's so incredible to be in a culture of people and working with people that i think really believe what i believe believe what we believe about education and it's it's been so rewarding and so fulfilling and you know it was rough through the summer, man. Like as you know, April came and I had like four interviews in two weeks, all of which I thought were like, yep, here we go. I'm going to get it right away. And then it was the beginning of August when it actually came. 
But if you remember, and you go back, and I was thinking about our conversation before you got this job, and I told you that 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 the place that was for you wasn't ready yet. Remember, we kept saying that. I said right. the ground isn't ready. I think that was the exact metaphor right. I used. The ground isn't ready, and I think that's an important thing that that we all as teachers have to continue to reflect on and saying, when I look at what got me and led me to this place that I'm at. What situations led me here? What did I have to endure before I got here? Because something that you endured is going to help you where you are right now. Something that you've endured, whether it was a past failure that now you have to repeat to demonstrate mastery, it was a past success that you experienced that somebody here needs to see and be a part of, or there was a past situation that you know you should have dealt with a certain way and now you're going to be faced with it again in a different situation to see if you got the justice. That's how life works. So if we're not living ourselves as, as you know, like I say, we, I think we, we limit our experiences by not reflecting on the things that led up. Because I thought about your situation so much this week because I said, you know, in my reflection, I said, I remember you being down. I remember the conversations we would have about, you know, the the interview, you know, felt like you Barry Bonds did, you know, straight out the, out the park. And then you come back and you hear nothing or you get the canned email. <clears throat> and I remember kept saying to you, <laughs> the ground isn't ready. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, the teacher that's teaching your, that the class you took over, the teacher didn't actually didn't leave. He actually moved into another position. Mm-hmm still at the campus so the ground wasn't ready yet yeah literally and i was gonna i was gonna say one of the guys that was on my interview committee that is a good you know a good friend a great person to work with i asked him so like how how long was it before you know when when john had left his position that i got a job he's like not even 10 days from the time that john left his position to the time that you accepted the job was not even 10 days you know, and that's really it. Yeah, it, it literally like it, it literally <laughs> wasn't ready yet, you know, and, and that's and that's the thing. And, you know, there's an in reflection, just thinking about back to when situations like this come, whether it's adversity through job, I, I felt like I, I was trying to get myself out of out of the funk. But like you said, we were on the cruise and, and you could feel it and I could feel it. And, you know, it's kind of that moment where as as the summer went on and I didn't I wasn't getting a job like the the funk got a little bit deeper. And, and you used to just say to me, like, this isn't this isn't you. This isn't who you are. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I do really appreciate the fact that that you helped me get out of it. But. In looking at this year on on your end, what what do you think the things that uh, you know, based on your reflections, especially over the summer, what what are you doing differently this year that's really made a difference? Um, I think the biggest thing for me right now is that I feel that I'm more present. Um within my class like I am last year I felt as if I was I was 
in the classroom, I was teaching, but I think I was trying to regain my muscle memory for being out of the classroom. And I believe sometimes it stifled me from being present in the moment because I always was trying to live in the past. And so when I experienced things that reminded me of things in my past, I went to that muscle memory of the past reaction. Where this year, I feel like I'm much more present and in tune with each individual nuance of my environment to where when things happen, my reactions, my responses are, are not as automatic to the muscle memory. It's more conducive to what this particular situation is presenting, if that makes any sense whatsoever. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not a canned response mm-hmm. from something I've learned. Mm-hmm. It's something that I'm developing in the moment. And so it really requires me to kind of, Every time I make an interaction, you know, whether it's behavioral correction, whether it's when I observe the aha moments with certain students, I constantly go back to that moment while I'm there saying, what was it? What was that trigger? You know, what, what was that one word that flipped the switch? You know, or what was that one? What was the last number, the digit in that code that unlocked the lock? Because something happened and I want to capture that moment. And so when I do, I make sure the student feels that. I, I put it right, I, I, I let the student know, you know, hey, look, did, did you just see what happened? And they're like, usually they, they're, they're, they, they're not because no one's taught them how to be a reflective learner. No one's really taught them. They've been taught to look at, did I pass or fail? That, that's their mindset. It's, it's, not, it's not a... Did I really understand it? Did I grasp it? They're so concerned. I, I don't care about if I learned it. Did I pass or fail? So I think putting the attention back on them in my reflection to say, did you see when you hit this stumbling block because you said you couldn't do this? You, you, you put your pencil down. You wanted to give up. But something inside of you said don't because you knew that you can get it. And I watched you go through this. And, and this is literally how I'm talking to them, you know, either one-on-one or in small group settings so that they can understand what they're learning. And you see this sense of ownership when you tell them that, because I'm not pumping myself up. I'm telling you what you did as a learner. This is what you were able to do. You know, one young lady broke down crying because she couldn't understand we were doing an an assignment. I mean, like literally she put her head down and just was crying. And I said, look, I, I get it. You're struggling right now. I understand. I say, you and your friend, go get some water, go to the restroom, throw some water on your face. I say, and then come back here and I'm going to be right back here with you to go through this problem because I can't let you give up on it. She left, did what I asked, came right back, sat down. She took a deep breath and I said, are you ready? She said, yes. I didn't even help. I didn't even do anything. Her friend sat next to her and said, we can do this, put her arm around her. And I just observed her teaching her friend over and over, over and over, over and over. And finally she said, her friend said, you're making me nervous, Mr. Law, can I just do this? And I said, absolutely. I walked away. And then they both came to me and she had her paper and she said, I got it finally. I apologize that we have to take this short break 
from this episode of the Value Adds Value podcast, but we have news that's so important we just couldn't wait to tell you. Because we believe in it, and because they believe in us, we were able to partner with Nearpod to provide you a free opportunity and discounts on your chance to use the Nearpod platform. Now, what is Nearpod? Glad you asked. Nearpod is an online teaching platform that we can house our lessons, we can create presentations, and they have the most incredible bank of pre-created lessons and curriculum that is there for you to sample depending upon what level you choose. So if you go to the link that's in our show notes, I'm going to give it to you right now. It's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value. That's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value. You have the opportunity to sign up for free, plus get huge discounts on their gold and their platinum memberships. And for a few lucky listeners soon, we're going to be giving away gold memberships and one platinum. So keep listening, and we'll let you know when that's going to happen. But before that is, get on, go to go.nearpod.com backslash value as value to check it out. Being present in a moment allowed me not to, you should be getting this right now. We just went over the examples, but to see that this kid clearly is frustrated, not because they didn't want to do it, but because genuinely I want to be where everybody else is and I'm not there. And then to be able to build a community of learners that says, you're not there, but guess what? Um, I can help you get there. That is like that. I think when, you, when, you, when you're constantly living, I think I told you, it's almost like having one of those out-of-body moments. You know, it's like I see myself more so within that moment that I'm teaching all the time. I mean, there's moments. I mean, guilty. <laughs> guilty when 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 pastor law comes out you know um never you know the, I've, I've subdued the you know the other me but sometimes pastor law comes out and sometimes that 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 individual um needs more than these little n- nudges and you just need to hear the rough, raw truth. And um, and like I told, I, I told a teacher yesterday, I say I, I give out truth, and I'm very receptive of it. I'm very receptive of it, even when I, when, even if it means that it shatters something that I believe to be true. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I will totally own that. And um, and I just think that that's what being a reflective practitioner is: is owning your moments owning each and every moment that you're going through and and understanding that you in order to grow you have to see yourself from that bird's eye view you have to get out of yourself to see how that how how what you're doing i don't want to say how much it impacts cuz you know when people say that they want to initially go to data and start looking for you know those quantifiable things that you can get and i can put this but sometimes it's that the kid who didn't smile from the beginning of the school year who you see during a lesson is smiling because they're understanding or the kid who's able to have a mathematic conversation with you um, 
and really deepen their knowledge. And you can tell they're asking probing questions to deepen their knowledge that you didn't give them. You know what I mean? It's like, again, not to make them love math, but to make them love learning. Learning, you know, learning. That, to me, it's like that, as a human being, that's one thing that makes us different, that we learn and we can build and create and imagine and build and, and, and do all these things for other animals even, all through learning. You know, ants are not building, you know, little spaceships to try to go to an ant Mars or trying to, you know, they're not, they're, they're content to where they are. You know, elephants are not trying to build cities to see, hey, how can we sustain our population and get everything together? No, that, that's us. We, we, we reach to a point where we can't go anymore and then we learn how to do something else that expands what we're doing. That's the beauty of it. And that's not something that is based on a, a, a standardized test or a, a summative assessment. That's based on what teachers bring to the classroom every single day to make students want to come back to the classroom and engage in that type of learning environment. So I know I kind of went on a tangent and I no, apologize, no, but- uh... that's, that's where we're at on that. And, and just in that coming, coming back to round back to what you said, because we want to reflect on ourselves and our teaching practice, but I think reflecting on how we interact with the kids is a good spot to, to end this episode. But you, you said the word presence, you said the word reflection, and you said awareness. So, I mean, to me, I just wrote down that presence plus reflection equals awareness. And I'm wondering if you Mm. think that's the right um, equation to really be. Because I I have, you said you go into Pastor Law. I go into Coach Krieger. Like, that becomes my default at times. Mm -hmm. But I've noticed, and, and it's because of the reflection I've done as a person, that I don't need to go into that as much. I, 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 don't, I don't feel so small at times that I force myself to go there. Because that's always when I went there is when I felt powerless, when I felt like I wasn't being who I was. So to wrap up this you know, episode of the podcast on you know, reflecting on our relationships with our students or just general reflection of where we're at. Cause we don't want to go too much farther. Um, cause we've made a, a, a commitment to doing episodes that are a little shorter for our teachers, but presence plus reflection equals awareness. What, what and I think that's a, I mean, I think that's a great, um, I, I, I'm sitting here trying to rearrange it or put something else in and that like fits perfectly. Um, because again, your presence speaks to the awareness. So, you know, if I'm looking at this as a math problem, this presence, you can be present and not aware. You can be present somewhere and not aware. Um, Oh, and I can think, I mean, but we, we were talking about this example of like the cruise. I was present, but not very aware. Like, mm-hmm. it, meaning that I was present and I thought I was going, but what what I was reflecting out to people 
just was not like I wasn't aware of where it was. I mean, so mm-hmm. I I am an example of mm-hmm. of being present but unaware. And and as we go, you know, further forward, like through the school year, that becomes even more of a danger. Mm-hmm. As you, we were just, we were just talking about this last night. Days get shorter, nights are getting longer, and and that and that part becomes a real danger for us. Mm-hmm. So sorry to interrupt, but I wanted to interject that there. So you were saying no. we can be present but not aware. You can be present but not aware. Um, you know, I think about the old song that says, "Your body's here with me, but your mind is on the other side of town." Um, so you you could be in a place, but not really be in a place. What reflection does? Reflections join joins up. It co-joins uh, and starts to work in concert with you being present. Now. I am fully aware of everything that's going on in real time. You know, it's like playing a game and watching the game tape at the same time. You know, I guess that's what the, the excitement of playing like Madden, because you get the you get the endorphin rush of being able to play it, but you also get that 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 third person view where you can actually see the game develop as you're doing it from a bird's eye view. So it gives you a different, you know, different feel. Um, and I think that you put that together very well. Presence plus reflection equals awareness. And as educators, the one thing that we have to be in our classrooms is aware. Aware of what's going on at every given moment. Um, constantly aware. You know, I told you I have a class that I don't allow them. I didn't assign seats. So they're really challenging this for me because every single day I'm faced with a different group dynamic. You know what I mean? Like there are kids who, who purposely still move every single time, every single day they come in the classroom, they sit somewhere different. And um, and so that makes it different pockets of kids. So again, and I ask them, I say, challenge me on that. Challenge me to understand you. I say, now when you find a place that you really like, stay there, work it. You know, and so... Yeah, presence plus reflection equals awareness. That that is that pretty much sums it up, man. I think that um, as we go through this month, that's where we need to kind of be and rest in mm-hmm. our heads. Um, yeah. And I think when we start paying direct attention to it, when it becomes explicit in our thought, you'll see that it does. It's not extra work. Mm-mm. You know, that's what a lot of people think. Oh, I don't have time to be reflective. You know, I got to wake up and do this. But you can be reflective in that moment. You know, train your brain to just start looking at every moment from all angles, all perspectives. And especially, and the thing I've found that I've done better this year um, than I ever have in the past is being reflective in those moments where I have to go a little bit coach career and coming back and how much it means to my kids that I can just come back and say like hey you know I I I didn't mean to get as spun up as I got but it but you know in that moment and just I had an example of you know the other day Thursday um I was talking to a kid and he didn't like what I said and he was like oh that's so gay and I stopped I stopped everything and I was like don't say that again. 
and I like really like was firm about it. I stopped everything in class. I, I pointed him out in a way that I shouldn't have. So I found him the next period after and I, I gave myself the 15 to 20 minutes that I needed to come down. And I went to him and I'm like, Hey man, like, I'm sorry. I, I didn't handle that the way that I should have. He's like, no, Mr. K, I'm sorry. You told me twice before already not to use that word. And I got frustrated and and it just came out. And that means a ton to the kids. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't think about what that means for you also, because this is something that he reflected in the moment also. Right. Even when he said, no, you're good because I shouldn't have been doing what I was supposed to be doing. That, that sense of conviction about, knowing that I know I made a mistake mm-hmm. and you taking the first step because a lot of teachers would not have done that. A lot of teachers wouldn't have gone back to the kid and be like, Hey, look, you know, I may have overstepped. That may have been wrong. I apologize. But when you did that, the kid said, you don't really, I, maybe I should be the one apologizing because you've already told me I shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? It, it goes both ways. And that's like a great example of where, the learning experience should go for every teacher, every student. Understand they're going to make mistakes. It's going to come out. We know the language, we know the language kids use, you know? Mm -hmm. And so understanding that it's going to come out, then it becomes our job to not, not badger them about it, but teach them how to code switch. You know, I say certain things in certain circles, of friends that I don't say in other circles. You know, we have certain conversations over here that we can't have over here. You know, we have certain dialogue over here that doesn't take place over here. Or even if it's the same things being said, it's said differently. You know, and I think that teaching children how to, you know, some people say it's being fake. I don't. I I think it's being able to code switch. You have to be able to know what, how do I present this information to my environment? What is my environment presenting me so that I can give this information to them? Because I can't go in here speaking, you know, I have to go in here and speak the language of the people that's going here, that, that's right here in front of me. And um, yeah, that awareness is what helps you do that. Like that, the kid was aware. He hit this on the head, man. Like that, that that's awesome, man. That got me excited. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to wrap it up there and we're going to, I can promise you, pick back up with uh, presence plus reflection equals awareness more on our teaching practice um, and the things we've been doing. Because that's some, not only is it a important topic, but I need to be doing it because I haven't done it enough. But before we get you out of here, we want to remind you that there is an opportunity for you to try Nearpod for free if you go to Nearpod, or sorry, go dot nearpod.com backslash value add value you can try it out for free and you can get discounts on the gold and platinum <coughs> membership if you are in the houston area east texas or really anywhere in texas over the next couple weeks the last weekend in october wilkie and i will be at tcca which can be found at davis high school in aldine on October 26th, we are going to be presenting two sessions. Wilkie is going to be presenting 
old school strategies, new school tools for the second time, which was a knockout at AIE. And we are also going to be presenting a session called Podcast as Professional Development. So um, we're really excited to see and meet a bunch of you out there. And we, uh, back on the Nearpod front, I think we got some good Nearpod giveaways. So um, this is going to wrap up episode number seven of the Value Adds Value podcast. And we can't wait to be back with you in the next week for number eight. So have a great week. We'll talk again soon. Peace.